some of the best country music over decades has come from country duets. And today, Dave and I jump into a lot of our favorites, and yours too, I hope, on Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Welcome back to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. I'm Randy Houston. And I'm Dave Hogan, and I can't sing a lick. Yeah. Or you and I would sing. We'd make a good duet, wouldn't we? <laughs> you know, uh, in these control rooms, <laughs> these padded rooms where we have spent a lot of our lives, you can sing, but nobody can hear you with the mic off, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the way I've spent my career. Like a friend of mine told me one time, he said, there are two things I don't do in public. One is sing. The other is play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> let's talk about, speaking of duets, I brought the word up. Let's talk about some of country music's famous duets. Oh, you want to? my, one of my, fa- I've been wanting to do this category and I knew you, you would just, come up just with great ones. to begin the program. Uh, tell me your favorite duet team. Oh gosh. Would you call two people a team? Yeah. I, and, uh, a <sighs> duet pairing. I, it's down to Porter and Dolly. Or George and Tammy. Right. Let's start with George. Okay. All right. You know, before Tammy, George had one, two, three singing partners that he recorded duets with. Can you name, let's, can you name two out of three? I can name Melba Montgomery as one of them, right? There are two more. But I can't name the other two. George's first uh, duet partner was Jeanette Hicks. And then Margie Singleton, and then Melba Montgomery. Okay. Followed by Tammy Winnett. Yeah. And George and Tammy certainly were one of the top uh, duets in country music. I mentioned Jeanette Hicks, George's first singing partner on record. And uh, she was, they called them girl singers back then. Yeah. She was the featured girl singer on the Louisiana Hayride, a place where so many country stars. Everybody from uh, Elvis Presley to Hank Williams performed on the Louisiana Hayride out of Shreveport. It was second only to the Grand Ole Opry in popularity. It was a stepping stone to the Grand Ole Opry. The next step and the final step to stardom in country music in those days was the move from the Louisiana Hayride to the Grand Ole Opry. Jeanette Hicks was the uh, girl featured singer on the Louisiana Hayride, and she teamed up with uh, George on several recordings, and they had a tremendous hit called Yearning. Yearning to be with the one I can't agree with. You can sing, too. That's a great, (laughs) I remember that song. That song, uh, you know what I remember about that song? Now, this was about 1956. It was before I got into radio, and I was a teenager. And in in days gone by, back in the 50s particularly, every place had a jukebox. If they served food, they had a jukebox. Yeah. And we'll talk about that one of these days. We'll do a program on jukeboxes here on one of our podcasts. But I remember that rock and roll was just taking over. And most of the recordings that you heard when the jukebox played was a rock and roll song. Yeah. But there were just a couple of country songs that were played regularly. 
Yearning by George Jones and Janet Hicks was one of them. Along with Patsy Klein's Walking After Midnight. Oh boy, yes, yes, yes. Now Margie Singleton was a singer that uh, was quite popular. She also recorded some duets with Farron Young. And she recorded several with George Jones. And then Melba Montgomery came along. And Melba and George had one of the greatest blending of voices ever in country music. Well, I happen to agree with you. Uh, they were fantastic together. And then George was fantastic with Tammy, too. Going back to George being the common denominator there, he was the singer's singer. He could blend. He just had that ability. Well, Melba and George had a song called We Must Have Been Out of Our Minds. We said our goodbyes long ago, never thinking we'd miss each other so. Still one of my favorites, and I pull it up and play it a lot Wow! on the Internet. And they had several others, but that was their big one. And then along came Tammy. Yeah. What's your favorite Tammy and George song? Oh, I love Golden Rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Golden Rings. That was probably the biggest uh, yeah. seller and the biggest hit by Tammy yeah. and George. Two-story house, uh, We're Not the Jet Set. The old uh, Chevrolet set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, gosh, there's so many. I still play a lot of them on my classic country show. And on one of our country shindigs at the Asheville City Auditorium, we had George Jones and Tammy Wynette. First time I ever met George, and he was just as nice and humble and just not what you, you know, here, I'd heard all those George Jones stories. Oh, yeah. I was scared to death that he wouldn't show up. I was uh, promoting the show, and Woo. he he had a reputation for not showing up. Yeah. But the thing I remember, it's funny, certain things you remember, right? It had nothing to do with music, but George walked in, and I introduced myself, and we started talking. And he said, you know, I went to the Tom McCann shoe store and I bought me a pair of shoes and they're too little and they're hurting my feet. <laughs> now, that's what I remember about George Jones. <laughs> okay, let's move from George and Tammy and George's other singing partners to Porter and Dolly. Boy, Porter and Dolly. Oh. They were quite a duo for a number of years. They were. They they had that magic too that George and Tammy had, and uh, and uh, by the the television show. When I was kid, we we were glued to the Porter Wagner show, and I I remember uh, the girl singers before Dolly, uh, Norma Jean, pretty Miss Norma Jean. Yes, and uh, there were others, but when Dolly came along, that was uh, you know that's the capstone. She and Porter were just fabulous together i interviewed porter i was in nashville gosh i wish i'd have saved some of the recordings that i made with country music artists but i sat down with porter and this was just days after dolly told porter that she was leaving the show just days after just days after and porter was bitter boy he was yeah. bitter towards dolly and uh i just you know, laid it on the table. I said, Porter, how do you feel about Dolly leaving the show? And he said, 
She knows what she's done. And she'll find out when I sue her. And he did sue her. But they settled it quietly. Settled the, the, the lawsuit. But Porter was devastated. Yeah. And, of course, the song I Will Always Love You is a song that Dolly wrote when uh, she left the Porter show. And they uh, were on the outs for a number of years. Yeah. And then they reconciled. Yeah. They reconciled, got together, and did some work together again. But they sure made their mark, uh, not only both of them as individual artists, but as a duo. I played this morning on my radio show. You know that was the last thing on my mind. Tom Paxton's great song that's been recorded and covered by so many people, but Dolly and Porter did a version of that song. That is still just as relevant today as it was 50 years ago. Now, after Porter, Dolly had another singing partner, Kenny Rogers. Oh, yeah. I emceed a show at the Civic Center with Porter, with uh, Dolly and Kenny. Yeah. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton and Islands in the Stream, one of the great all-time duets. That concert was in the round at the Civic Center. It was Mm -hmm. out in the middle of the floor and uh, was like three shows sold out consecutively Mm -hmm. like Elvis used to do. Yeah, Kenny and Dolly. I was in Los Angeles when that song came out. You remember... Any songs where you were the first time you heard them? Oh, yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. And I'm not talking, of course, the first time I heard most of the songs. The first time was in a radio studio when we got the records in. Right. But in this case, I was on vacation. I had not heard Islands in the Stream. And uh, we were on vacation out in uh, California. And we were, I don't know what the destination was, but we left Los Angeles early. And I remember it was still dark driving out of Los Angeles with the radio on, and Islands in the Stream came on by, uh, by Dolly and Kenny. And uh, one of the songs I remember where I was when yeah. I first heard it. Yeah. Conway and Loretta. How about that duet team? Whoa, man. Ah, that was uh, After the Fire is Gone and... Uh, uh, Love is where you find it when you find no love at all. Love. Nothing's cold as ashes after the fire is gone. One of the great country songs and certainly one of the great duets. Amen. Amen. And who did Loretta Lynn record with before Conway? Well, I I played a few of those records, uh, but I really enjoy your story about Ernest Tubb Mm -hmm. and Loretta Lynn. They had a song called Mr. and Mrs. Used to Be, which was a big hit. And, and they had another one that was uh, called Sweet Thing. You remember? Anybody here seen Sweet, Sweet Thing? Thing? <laughs> no, he's out of tomcatting around. Nat Stuckey's song. Yeah, he, Nat wrote that, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, and recorded it. And then Ernest and uh, Loretta recorded it. But my story, it may be the story you're referring to, Yes. Uh, I was promoting a show at the Asheville City Auditorium. Loretta was on the show, and she had had those hits with Ernest Tubb. But the record company, Decca Records, had decided that they wanted to pair 
Loretta with a younger artist, a fellow named Conway Twitty. Loretta was that very quiet that night. I'd been around Loretta one previous time, and she was so bubbly and conversational. And, and I said, Loretta, what uh, you seem to be uh, feeling, I think I used the word puny tonight. And she just opened up to me. She says, well, I'm just worried to death. The record companies decided that instead of recording with Ernest Hub, they want me to record with Conway Twitty, and I know it's going to break Ernest's heart. And I told the record company, they asked me, do you want us to tell Ernest or do you want to tell him? And I said, I'll tell him because, you know, I was afraid the record company would tell Ernest it was my idea to do this. So I want to tell him. And she was trying to figure out what to say to Ernest, that she was not going to be recording with him anymore. She was going to be recording with Conway Twitty, which was, of course, turned out to be a great decision on the part of Decca Records. Absolutely. Made them tons <laughs> of money, tons of money. Because they were voted Country Music Association uh, entertainers and, and duets of the year for many years. This would have been in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about Johnny Cash and June Carter? Oh, man. How about that duet? How about that duet? Partnership. Not only musically, but man and wife. They were a team. We got married in a fever. Written by Billy Ed Wheeler. And I called Billy Ed and told him, he lives in Swannanoa. For those of you not familiar with the area, Swannanoa is a community near Asheville, a few miles. Ten miles east of Asheville. East of Asheville. That's where Billy Ed, he married the uh, daughter of the president of Warren Wilson College. Billy Ed came to college at Warren Wilson and married the president of the college's daughter. They lived in a very rustic house out in Wananoa. And I called, uh, called Billy Ed one day, and I said, I got a record here that might be of interest to you. A Johnny Cash and June Carter called Jackson. <laughs> and Billy Ed was quiet for a moment, and then he shouted, What a break! What a break! What a break! Because he didn't know really that they had recorded that song. Ah, you were you got the privilege of telling him that. I sure did. That's a great memory. But Billy Ed and I wound up on a porch at a hotel, the Monta Vista Hotel in Black Mountain. Great old place, still active. And there was a bunch of us around on that porch one Saturday night, and somebody handed Billy Ed a guitar, and uh, I started singing along with him to the little brown shack out back i knew the words to that song and uh and uh, he he said come up here and join me i want somebody to sing with me on this song and i sang with him on the ode to the little brown shack out back and i love that song to this day <laughs> yeah that was a big hit for billy ed <clears throat> and of course johnny and june had a song called long-legged guitar picking man yep you long-legged guitar-picking man. Long-legged guitar-picking man. And also, it ain't me, babe. Yeah. Is that not a so Bob you, Dylan song, It Ain't Me, Babe? I'm not sure. I'm about, not sure either. 
But uh, didn't Sonny and Cher do that song also? I think on the I think so. Pop mm-hmm. world, yeah. Now Johnny and June were husband and wife. But what about one of the great duets? A mama and her daughter. Oh yeah. Moving up a few years to the Judds in the eighties. Naomi and Winona. What Mama, a, he's crazy. Mama, what a great he's song. crazy. What a great song. And that, that was their, uh, their launch song, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. But you know, the song I really like by the Judds is a song called Love Can Build a Bridge. Love Can Build a Bridge. What a wonderful song. Oh, it's a fantastic And an inspirational song. There's another one of their slow ballads called Grandpa, Tell mm-hmm. Me About the Good Old Days. I know. Grandpa, Tell Me About yeah. the Good Old Days. That is a, a fantastic song, and it's so sad that um, it ended the way it did yeah. with the Judds and Naomi taking her life, and I'm sure people listening to this podcast remember that. It hasn't been that long ago. Naomi suffered from uh, depression, and uh, unfortunately, it's one of those situations where no matter what you do, it doesn't work out, and they tried. Lots of different things to uh, bring Naomi out of the state of depression, and she would come out of that state for a while and then become depressed again, and and it finally ended in a manner that I, I hate, hated to see. Yeah. Hated to hear that. There are so many of those great songs, Love is Alive and Why Not Me and uh, Rhythm of the Rain and Gosh, there were so many great, great hit songs on the RCA Victor label for the Judds. Another duet uh, that uh, I want to say duet trio for some reason. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> duet, a duet trio. <laughs> I'm not sure. Three different duets. Yeah. I'm not sure how to uh, say a duet team, I guess. Uh, Duet uh, coupling, a duet pairing, <laughs> group act. I'm going to use the word pairing here. I like this pairing. Yeah. Jack Green and Jeannie Seeley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were some great hit songs from them. Wish I Didn't Have to Miss You is one of them. And I guess probably the best known is the song called If It Ain't Love, Let's Leave It Alone. <laughs> I've, I've forgotten that. You know, Jack Green was the drummer for Ernest Tubb. You just told me that today. I didn't know that. And Jack uh, is the only country music artist that I ever tried to play golf with. He uh, was in Johnson City, and it was an overnight stay. So he said, is anywhere we can play golf? You play golf? And I said, I try. And he talked me into it, and we went out and played. And during the course of playing golf, he told me a lot of Ernest Tubb stories that I want to share with uh, folks one of these days. Jeannie Seeley had a big hit. She was on one of the shows I promoted in Asheville at the Civic uh, at the uh, City Auditorium. A song called "Don't Touch Me." Oh yeah! If you don't love me, yeah. So she was a, a successful artist as a uh, solo artist, right? as well as those duets with Jack Green. She was married to Hank Cochran, who was a Hall of Fame songwriter. songwriter, And he wrote, Don't 
touch don't me. Don't touch me. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. We have time for one more. One more. That's about it. Now, this one is recent. Written by a buddy of ours we had on this podcast not long ago. Co-written by Bill. Whispering Bill Anderson. Yeah. And uh, John Randall is the other writer on the song. Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss. Whiskey Lullaby. Ooh. Yeah. Powerful song. That's the song that has that line in it, and we asked Bill about it when he was on the podcast. I put the bottle to my head and pull, pull the, trigger, the trigger. Or I held the bottle to my head and pull the trigger. Yeah. But Whiskey Lullaby was a huge hit. And, of course, Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss are not uh, a duo that works together all the time and travels no. together. She is... uh touring right now with uh, robert plant issue yeah and they uh performing and, and crowds are thronging to see them uh, they were recently or are coming to Asheville real soon they were in chattanooga knoxville somewhere around just recently allison kraus and and brian and uh, brad paisley brad paisley is he's one of those artists that can sing with anyone write a song for anyone just be a part of anything musically going on he's, he's a, a good west virginia boy he really is a great talent mm -hmm. yeah. and you said that was the last one we had time for. that's it brother we have uh, run out of time it's easy to do when dave and i get to talking on hot mic with houston and hogan here in the uh, world headquarters of hot mic hot mics yeah we're so glad you came to join us thank you so much a lot of folks have commented about our show and we do uh, one of these uh, uh, two or three times a month. Just hit the follow button, and you'll get a, an automatic download of each new one we do. Come back and join us uh, the next time, and we'll tackle another topic here on Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Be sure to click the subscribe button for another episode of Hot Mike with Randy Houston and Dave Hogan.